Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heinemann and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Ready to dive into God's Word with us? Join our next online Bible study. Throughout the year, we'll dive into LifeWay Women's Studies that cover a variety of topics and hear from several different amazing Bible teachers. For each study, you can access the teaching videos for a limited time, comment and interact with others walking through the study, and track your progress. See what we're studying next at LifeWayWomen.com forward slash OBS. Hello, and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. It's going to be fun today because we are going to, It's this is not like our normal right. interview. Yes. Yeah. So we actually are talking with Mary Wiley, who has been on the podcast before, but we get to talk about one of our mutual loves, and that is reading and books. So I feel like all three of us love to read love books so it's going to be a fun episode yeah so hey mary hey thanks for having me i'm excited yeah so you've been on the podcast before but let's just remind our listeners who you are and then what you do at lifeway because you work with us at lifeway i do so uh i'm mary wiley i live right outside of nashville with my husband and two kids soon to be three um, and I work with B&H Publishing Group, so I lead the marketing team and get to work on books full-time and uh, get to do some writing as well, so gotten to write Everyday Theology, which maybe some of our women would be familiar with, and yeah, it's just, uh, life is really fun right now. Absolutely. I mean, we love Everyday Theology. That's a, mm-hmm. a great Bible study, and I, I go different places, and I hear people tell me how much that has meant to them and the group, so so thankful for that. And just as a disclaimer, mm-hmm. because you work with Books, Mary, we're not going to just promote B&H books, but we <laughs> probably will mention a few of them, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I only have like two that I've, you know, that I have on my list today. Most of them are broader, so yeah. Yeah, it'll be exciting. So I know that um, we all, we're just going to all answer every question. That's right. So let's just start with like, what are you reading right now? 
And Mary, yeah. you can go first. Okay. Well, right now, I actually just finished uh, this weekend a couple of different books. And so I'm jumping into some new ones. So um, I am reading The Holy Spirit by Greg Allison and Andreas Kostenberger, uh, which is a more, uh, it's more of a textbooky feel. Um, I like to kind of balance the textbook feel, though, with some, some gentler books. So I'm also reading right now Holier Than Thou from Jackie Hill Perry. That doesn't launch in until later in the fall in August, but it is excellently done. Um, And then I'm also reading through Gentle and Lowly again. Uh, It was so impactful. The first time I read it, I've started reading about a chapter a day there um, alongside Deuteronomy, which I know is everyone's everyone's favorite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone's favorite. Okay, so Gentle and Lowly is on my list. Like it's in my pile and I've for a year now, or maybe, I mean, since it released, multiple people are just like this is life-changing yes so tell us a little bit like what i'd like to hear more from y'all's perspective i know elizabeth you've read it as well too right i have not it's on on your list too so this is definitely one that we've all got on the list man it is a beautiful picture of just christ's heart for his people um it's such a great reminder i think in just the craziness of our day in the suffering that we hear from people we love it it is just such a reminder that jesus carries us through those times and that his his character is is gentle and lowly uh and it calls us to really implement that into our lives as well being people who are gentle and lowly um i i think it is probably one of the best books written in the last five years. Wow. And I yeah. think that says a lot coming from you, Mary, because you have gone through a lot of books. You've seen a lot of book proposals, things mm-hmm. like that. So tell us a little bit more about Jackie Hill Perry's book, too, because yeah. um, and I think it's interesting that you're reading Deuteronomy, which I think we, we should also say we're not saying that you should just read books, but we are saying you need to yeah. be in God's word. So we yeah. hope that part of your daily reading is reading in the word. Absolutely. Uh, Deuteronomy actually matches pretty well with the direction Jackie is going. Um, I tend to read really deeply. I get interested in particular topics and then I'll read as many books as I can on that particular topic. And so God's really been revealing some like law and grace things to me and how the Old Testament law really points to the goodness uh, of Jesus coming. Like to even think about young children memorizing so much of Deuteronomy and Leviticus and having to implement that into their lives every day is just mind-blowing to me. Uh, But Jackie's book actually goes a step farther and is really talking about the holiness of God and how Mm. if we really uh, understand God's holiness, we understand that He is a God who cannot sin against us uh, because it is outside of His character, that then we will understand better His care for His people, uh, the way that he is he is working in the world and in our hearts to make us holy as well. Uh, and so it is, I am very excited about what God may do uh, through Holier Than Thou this fall. Yeah, and here's a question for the group. Do you think that each book of the Bible counts as a different book on your reading list? Ooh. And I don't normally include Bible books on my like goal setting or yeah. good reads or however yeah. you, you want to keep track of yours. Uh, because I do, 
I also am very competitive. And so I feel like if I <laughs> include it, it, it then becomes a means to an end rather than like an intentional relationship with God. Right. Yeah. True. I have actually um, had to take a pause in my Bible reading plan because it became that for me. And yeah. so instead I had to like go to the Psalms or go other places because I was just like, we got to mark this off the list. <laughs> and I yeah. was just like, that's not what the Bible is supposed to be for. So I actually had to change, which leads me to what I'm currently reading. Yeah. So I um, actually just finished um some books as well. So I listen to a lot of books on audiobook and I do count those because I am it's paying attention and That's I right. yeah, I remember what I've read. Um but I'm currently in my stack that I'm reading is the Ten Words to Live By by Jen oh, yeah. Wilkin, yeah. which um goes with the theme of that you're reading through, mm-hmm. Mary, um yeah. Law and Grace. And then um one that I've been kind of doing when I've been taking a break from my Bible reading plan is Teach Me to Feel, which is worshiping through the Psalms in every season of life. And it's by Courtney Reisig, I think is how you say her name. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really cool for somebody that I often go to the Bible with a very like knowledge centered approach. Um, And so it is helping me. And that's kind of what Courtney was saying that she has done in the past. So she's like the Psalms also like feelings are also important. Like emotions Mm -hmm. are also important. And we tend to like discount them a lot of times. And so in in certain circles and I'm in that circle. (laughs) So I think there's also places that the emotions are elevated and that is also not good. So she kind of is like, this is for me is helpful. And so she's going through the Psalms and just, um, yeah, looking at every season of life through the Psalms. And so I'm in the middle of reading that. And that so one's kind of so It's called what the season? What, teach me to, to feel. Teach Oh, teach me to feel. Worshiping through the Psalms in every season of life. Okay, yeah. awesome. Because I, I, my habit is praying through the Psalms mm, every day. Yeah, you would love which this. Which I, yeah, I think I would because yeah. there are times that, and I'm having to journal everything each day of what I'm reading mm-hmm. for a seminary, like for my seminary stuff. And one of the things that we have to journal is our feelings. Oh, yeah. And so definitely go, praying through the Psalms really does kind of, it leads you to think through your feelings a little bit. So that's, yeah, I, I'm, that's curious. So I'm, those two are like open on my nightstand yeah. that I'm kind of in the middle of. And then um, I just started Grapes of Wrath, which I've never read. Nice. So I wow. love, I read East of Eden a couple of years ago, and it is like easily in my top five books of all time. And so I was like, let me read Grapes of Wrath because I apparently love Steinbeck who knew <laughs> well you're going to be reading about my people in Oklahoma oh, yeah, you I know will. I mean the Dust Bowl and everything else and yeah I mean in Oklahoma Grapes of Wrath definitely on the reading list in middle school oh, and high school sure, yeah. I mean those are yeah just standard but I think I think that's a pretty standard book yeah, for I, a lot of schools. I feel like we watched a movie maybe mm-hmm. and so I never really read the book but I definitely want to read the book and I'm trying to debate right now because I started it as an audiobook and I'm like mate do I want to read it as an audiobook or do I want to like physically read it I have that that decision for me a lot of times is hard to make so yeah yeah, yeah. What about you, Kelly? What are you currently reading? You know, it's so boring because, I, I mean, I am in seminary. Mm-hmm. And so my, my seminar that I'm doing right now is on leadership. So I'm reading a lot of books on leadership, which is kind of my wheelhouse anyway. So yeah. I like I like reading them. So there's a definitely um, I'm, I'm reading right now. There were two this weekend that I've really been kind of focused on. One is called Influencer. And then the other one is the Leadership Challenge. And I've really in I I haven't gotten far into influencer, um, 
but it's I mean it, it looks like it's good but I'm really enjoying the leadership challenges by Coos and Posner um, so that one's been good and then there's actually one um, that we're reading on um, John Wooden like Wooden on leadership the basketball coach oh. and it's it's very practical it's very fun to read and then Paul David Tripp's book lead those are all like in kind of my wheelhouse but definitely over the weekend I was reading influencer and the leadership challenge so those I are, like the variety that we have here yeah, yeah, there are. There's yeah. a lot of variety, for sure. And in my, in my personal time, as far as like devotional reading, I've been reading through the Gospels, which I don't know that I've like just purposely gone from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'm in Luke right now. And I just, it's so rich. I mean, anytime you go through the Gospels and just re, you know, kind of recounting the life of Christ is um, just such a good reminder of what he did. Yes. And one thing that I'm using when I am on my reading plan is the Bible Recap by oh, yeah. Terry Lee Cobble. And I'm using the actual book, which is like a hefty book, which makes me feel like even cooler because I'm like, this is a volume. It's yeah. like a dictionary. I, wanna, I do want to get that. I, would, I do want to yeah. get that. I like it because it just kind of like recaps each thing that you've read and gives you some kind of like thoughts um, yeah. to point you to God in each thing. So that yeah. is helpful for me to not just like check it off yeah is it, is it sad that my mother's day gift was a gift card to um a popular online seller <laughs> no. I, we won't name names and yeah. i was like okay how many books can i buy <laughs> yes which is a which is a problem yeah yeah it's a little bit of a problem yeah well um let's talk about what is in our to be read piles um yes. what is something and we like my to be read piles like cover every surface in my house so I'm probably just going to highlight a couple of really good ones <laughs> that I feel like are coming up so um Mary what about you what is in your to be red pile yeah right now the two that are kind of waiting on deck to be touched first are the patient firmament of the early church or the patient ferment of the early church by Alan Kreider it was recommended by our friend Christy McClellan uh oh. I have a great interest in the early church and sometimes i'm like all right axe tell me more i want to know more so mm -hmm. um really just trying to focus on that and then the ruthless elimination of hurry john mark comer mm. i've heard lots of people yes. say it just has really revolutionized the way they rest the way they sabbath the way they consider the speed at which we live and that is something that i very quickly can fall into of just like oh we have to hurry and do all the things and be all the things to all the people and so uh, i'm excited to jump into that one as well yeah who was I, somebody told me last week and it really kind of hit a chord with me and mary i know you and i kind of our personalities are a little bit alike mm -hmm. in this but it was like hey sabbath is not a day off it is a day of rest mm -hmm. and yes. i was like Oh, okay. Yeah. That there's <laughs> yes. a difference. There is a difference. And yeah. I have I'm trying to to figure that out. That's a that's a good book that I would love to check out too. Yeah, I need to read that one as well. Um, even though as we've discussed before, rest isn't a struggle for me. <laughs> but I think like resting well is probably yeah. a struggle for me. So and like more resting my heart and mind. Rather than my body, mm -hmm. I have no problem resting my body, but like my heart and mind, I feel like are probably fairly restless. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that will be good for me as well. Yeah. Elizabeth, what about you? So I have like, <laughs> I just opened my library app. So I use Overdrive, <laughs> okay. which um, on my phone, which connects to my local library. 
and I can have like a wish list on there. And so I just have like I have so many books on my wish list um, mm-hmm. and I just kind of go with whatever is like available at the time. Sometimes I'll hold things that are very popular. And so um, up next in my library app, aside from Grapes of Wrath, I have uh, The Lazy Genius. Um, I, I don't know huh. if it's just called The Lazy Genius or The Lazy Genius Guide or something like that. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. But um, it's by Kendra Adachi, and she has a podcast where she just kind of teaches you her whole thing is like be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Mm. So she's kind of like, here's how you determine what matters, and then here's how you can be a genius about it. And then if it doesn't matter to you, just be lazy about it. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So um, I like her podcast, and I've met her, and she's a great person. And um, so I'm excited to listen to her book. And so that's up next on my app. But then physically, I have um, a book by Rebecca McLaughlin. Oh, um, the secular creed this is on my list yeah too. yeah so um we actually got it at tgc yeah. um yeah. and so i'm really excited to read it because she kind of talks about just the messages that we're seeing everywhere and just how what the christian answer is mm-hmm. to that and so um i'm i've heard a lot of interviews about it and it makes me really right. excited to dive in and then of course gentle and lowly is also in my to be read pile oh i forgot i'm reading the faithful um oh, book yeah. right yeah. now too so that's in my reading currently yeah. pile um but yes so i forgot about that because i do i have that on my shelf yeah but i don't it's not kind of in the pile you know but yes. it's like i want to look through it and i want to be familiar i was picturing with it. my nightstand and i was like oh yes that's also that's there on the nightstand. <laughs> yeah. that's true so i'm curious okay so you mentioned an app that mm-hmm. you use yes mary do you use something with your library or how like are there some things that you some tools and things that you use i do so i've used overdrive uh, but i recently decided to go to scribd Mm -hmm. Uh, it's 9.99 a month so there is a membership fee but it's as many books as you can read for 9.99 so they have audiobooks they have ebooks all the things there are very few books that i've searched for that they haven't had Um, and so i actually discovered it because i was looking for a book that is it's a larger book as we know textbook like books just cost a lot more money on amazon Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. my husband had kind of said i'm moving this one to our wish list out of our cart (laughs) Um, (laughs) so i started looking and i was like oh but if i can get through it in a month it only costs me 9.99 so um i have really enjoyed using scribd and it kind of has the same functionality of overdrive as well where you like have a wish list you can just keep saving so i've dozens saved that are on yeah. deck uh but yeah it's it's been a great opportunity to continue to learn continue to and i'm like you elizabeth i listen to a lot of my books um and so it's it's been great for me i love that you like i'm not good at like i'm not a very auditory listener that's not mm-hmm. my wheelhouse and so i listen to podcasts yeah but i don't necessarily yeah. and i keep every time i hear people talk about listening to books i'm like maybe i should give it a try and I some also, of them yeah. I feel like are more are easier than others. There's some, yeah. and a lot of that's why a lot of my like okay. physical books are Christian nonfiction because okay. I am a big fan of marginalia Neat. and will yes. write all over it. And so 
a lot of times those books I don't want to listen to because I want to write in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually go back and read that because somebody was like, why do you do this? Like, And I actually do go back and like look in the margins for my notes. And in the Overdrive, you can put bookmarks in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I use that to kind of like mark if there's any quote that I want to go back to and just write in a note on my phone or something. And there's actually one book that I recently read um, that I listened to that I was like, I have to buy this because okay. I want to like highlight a bunch of stuff and um it was the boys in the boat which is like my top in my top two of this year um which is about the 1936 olympic rowing team you mentioned this when we were traveling oh yeah it sounded fascinating which is fascinating and has a ton of like spiritual and leadership implications to it but i just loved it i'm adding this to my list right yeah and so i actually um my friend gave that to me for my birthday the physical copy because she was like you need your favorite book is a physical copy so um that's what i do but yeah so it is hard because there is but because i've listened i think i've I used to not like to listen to audiobooks, mm-hmm. but because I've listened to podcasts for so long, I think mm-hmm. it's almost conditioned me to okay. listen more. Um, and I listen while I take walks or while I'm driving or while I'm doing chores. So I'm really not distracted by what I'm doing because that stuff is like automatic. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely, there have been, I was trying to think, I feel like there's been at least one where I started listening to it and thought, no, I need to buy this physically. And so I just got it physically instead. Um, But I listen to a lot of fiction. And I know, Mary, you do kind of the opposite. You do a lot of nonfiction that way. But I I tend to listen to more fiction or, um, like, I just listened to Jerry Seinfeld's book. (laughs) Um, So, like, comedy, especially, or, like, celebrity memoirs, because they're read by the author a lot of times, and so that's fun. That's fun. Um, And sometimes they'll insert little other things in it if they're reading the audiobook. So, yeah, it just kind of depends, but... Do either one of you, like, do you like to read your books on, like, a Kindle or a Nook or, like... I have only ever read one book on a Kindle. Okay. Yeah, I don't love the experience. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just so different to me. Yeah, I've, I've got several. I, for a while, mm-hmm. I had decided, okay, I don't have room for physical books. I'm just going to... And I've and they just kind of piled onto my iPad, you know? Yeah. And then, I don't know. I did it when I was traveling one time. And I was oh, like, you yeah. know, this would be yeah. so much easier to travel with this yes. rather than like the... I was reading The Goldfinch, okay. <laughs> which is like a fiction book. But it is a lot longer than I thought it was, yes. which in the Kindle, you can't tell that. And so I was just like, oh, my goodness, I'm only 10% through with this. I've been reading for days. Um, but, yeah, so I that's the one book that I've read on on my Kindle. Okay, so I've got Secular Creed on my to-read list. But the other one that I have that I know, I'm sure you've read it, Mary, but Elizabeth, you really recommended it, was Delighting in the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yes, so it's my I'm, favorite. Really? Yes. Okay, so see, that's – and I'm really bad. Like, I want to – like I'll hear about a book for a long time and when I hear multiple people over mm-hmm. and over again recommending I'm like then this is definitely one I've got to check out and that was one of them yeah I've had two books so I have a rating scale that I use for, just for me personally two of them have reached tens out of tens yeah. and it's Delighting in the Trinity and Boys in the Boat which are very different wow. books but wow. I liked I loved both of those so far this year so yeah speaking of okay. do y'all set reading goals I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I guess I do still technically. So I use Goodreads to kind of keep up with what I've read. And um, 
the twenty the year twenty twenty <laughs> really <laughs> just messed up my reading goals. So like like Kelly, like you said, uh, I do a lot of listening on the commute, mm-hmm. and I'm not yes. commuting anymore. And so I was finishing a book or two a week. Uh, because of my commute and so I had you know scheduled out my goal based on that and so the achiever in me was really disappointed to have to say like there's really no way that I'm going to meet this goal of 75 anymore because I'm at home Uh, and so this year I tried to be way more realistic and set a goal of like 25 and had to remember too like we should probably be counting pages rather than books yeah or, you know um again Especially if you're gonna I count can, those bible books Obadiah yes. is nothing that's true you're like I'm done I read done. all the minor prophets check it off <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah I I think goals can be helpful they also can be harmful for me because then I'm way more focused on the goal than actually gleaning helpful information from the books like oh I just have to finish Uh, and so I've tried to kind of balance that a little better this year what about you guys I don't know that I really have a goal of how many books that I want to read but because and I'm really bad about this and I, I mentioned this before we even started recording but if I get through two or three chapters and it's just not kind of captivated me or I feel like I've got the general gist of this book (laughs) there's nothing else in this book I just set it aside and that's it so I you can then I that part of me is like well you didn't really read the book can you count the book if you didn't really read the whole book I don't know oh no I think that's an important tip for people listening to is if a book isn't lighting your soul up it is okay to just put it to the side We were talking earlier before we started recording, and I said life is just really too short to read bad books. Mm -hmm. And And there are so many good books. Yes. (laughs) And I do fear that so often bad books really make people not want to read anymore. And so you read one bad one, and you're like, man, I'm just not a reader. When really Mm. it's like, no, you just picked one that's not the best. Um, Try again. And so, yeah, I, I am all with you, Kelly. I think the freedom to put a book down should always be on the table. Yes. Are there certain books that you guys have in your you know library that you think, these are books that I will never get rid of? Like, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about specific titles, but kind of maybe even a genre. Like, for me, there are certain, like, children's books mm-hmm. that yes. I just think, those are, cl- I've got a lot of classic children books, and I just think, those are ones I don't want to sell or get rid of. And then there's just really good theology books that I think those are ones that I go back to over yep. and over and over again. And then there's just the others that I'm like, eh, okay, yeah, <laughs> eh, whatever. There's a couple that I have that aren't necessarily the book itself, but the fact, okay, so for example, I can think of two off the top of my head that I go back to a lot. And one is In Memoriam, a H.H., which is a poem by Tennyson, Uh and it's a book-length poem, and it is about the loss of his friend. And Uh I read it in college right after losing a friend, and so – and I wrote a paper on it and everything, but it is so marked up because of the exact time that I read it and – the fact that I was writing a paper on it, so that mm-hmm. meant that I really had to engage with it. And so I will never get rid of that volume of that book because it has so many notes in it. Um, and then The Scarlet Letter, I read in college and wrote a, 
I think it was like a 20 page paper on it. And so I really like marked that one up too. And I was just like, I can't ever get rid of this because this has so much information just in the margins um, and in my highlights and all that kind of stuff. And so, and honestly, no one would want it. because <laughs> I don't know that it would make <laughs> sense to anybody else. But yeah, so those are two that immediately came to mind. And neither of those are like, like I do have theology books and stuff that I'm just like, yeah, I'm always going to have this right. for reference or whatever. Um, and children's books, of course, like I think I have the copy of Goodnight Moon and oh, If You Give a Mouse fun. a Cookie that I've yes. read since I was two. And so it's like they're falling apart. Um, but yeah, I and just to be clear, I did not read them at age two. They were read to me, <laughs> but I did memorize it them. Surprise so. me if you had. <laughs> yeah. I did have them memorized, but I was not the one reading them. But yeah, so I think there's some like that. So for me, it's more of like a sentimental thing, probably in the ones that I'm like, I can never get rid of these versus yeah. like, and then, I mean, you always have some reference books like Systematic Theology right. and stuff like that, but I don't have any attachment to those specific volumes of it. Yeah. What about you, Mary? Um, yeah, I have certainly a stack of books that I just, they're my favorites and they are never going to be able to be given away. They're not quite as sentimental, I don't think, as yours, Elizabeth. That's that's very moving to me to think about how these like books have really walked as a, as a companion with mm-hmm. you. Um, there, of course, are others where I'll read and finish and hand it to someone else, kind of passing, yeah. passing it along. And, um, but then of course, like you also, there's just, there's something about building a library too, of like, I can go back to these books and, and they do in a lot of ways feel like companions where you kind of mm-hmm. remember where you were and what was happening. I think about like seminary life too, as you're reading these books, you're like, this was really helpful. So today when I need this reminder, I can go back to this particular book. Um, but yeah, it's funny cause it, there isn't a lot of rhyme or reason to the ones that I prefer to keep versus the ones that I pass along. I think even now, because I'm older than the two of you and my kids are grown, there were also certain books that were special to my children mm-hmm. that were books that right. we read over and over again. Or that just was, you know, I, my son, um, well, both of my kids love to read and I, I'm really thankful for that I raised, re, you know, young adults that love to yeah, read. But yeah. um, I, re- I still remember Connor being like, I don't know, maybe third or fourth grade. And I'd given him Where the Red Fern Grows. And we, we got home and he was reading in the back seat. And he was kind of had these tears in his eyes. And I oh. thought, and 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 I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, and he'd just gotten, you know, to the end of the book. And, and I was like, but isn't it really special when books can like, Oh, yes. Like, make you feel those things. And he was like, uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I think I cried oh, reading a book far before I cried watching a movie. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. part of me. But I was just like, and I I don't remember what the book was called. I had to look it up. Oh, Louisiana Sky. Okay. And um, I looked it up years later, like, in some kind of reverse lookup situation because it was something that I just got at the library. I was, like, in third grade. Uh-huh. And I stayed up late reading it. And, um I don't remember a lot of the details. I do know that it was a girl whose parents both had Down syndrome. Mm. And so it was just, I just remember it being like this book that I like wept over. And um, that's definitely happened since then as well. But that was like the first time I remember that. And so, yeah, definitely something. And I've never read Where the Red Fern Grows. I need to add it to my wish list. I know. 
there's some classics that I feel like I never read that just for whatever reason. And so um, I need I did read um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn this year. I've never read that. And so that I felt like was another like school classic. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah. 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 And I remember even my my parents were here last week. And um, so my dad was he's also a big reader i mean he's 80 years old and he still loves to read in fact i caught him like he was in my books upstairs you know reading you know <laughs> finding awesome. something to read while he was here last week and i was like oh you can read whatever you want to dad and, but we talked about um when i was in high school he gave me the book all creatures great and small by james harriet oh. and there's the pbs show yes, now i watched yeah. the pbs yes. show <laughs> so last week i was like dad have you seen the series and he was like i know and i was like okay well we're gonna and we it was just kind of fun because it was like a father-daughter moment of reliving the classic you know all creatures great and small so yeah well let's talk about um we're nearing the end of our time but i do want to discuss this question um how do you determine what books to read and what about books that you don't necessarily agree with so i think we've talked about a lot of different genres and you may have different roles for different genres but i'm curious Mary to know how you determine which books to read and then which not to read if you don't agree with the author for whatever reason. For sure. So I read really broadly in fiction. I don't use a lot of different like, you know, different uh, processes for how to choose what to read. If something has been recommended often, I will read it just with the knowledge of like, hey, this is probably not trying to teach me deep truths about God or his word. Um, And if it is, then I need to also seek to determine if that is in alignment or misalignment with what scripture teaches. But when it comes to things that are Christian nonfiction, it does, I think, require a little bit more of us as we consider what we should be reading. Um, And of course, scripture is always our plumb line. Uh, And so if there are conversations raised within a book that you're like, I don't know that this jives with what... Jesus says in the Gospels or what God says in, you know, whatever uh, book it is in Deuteronomy. I don't know if this would jive with with what he says in the law, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we want to read with scripture as a plumb line. We also want to read in community. And so uh, I think it's helpful, even if it's just you're reading reviews online from trusted people, it's helpful to say in the same way that we read scripture and we say, this is what I'm seeing this is what I'm assuming the author intended to say let me check it with what has historically been believed about this particular passage that can be true in our contemporary reading as well Um, so reading in community is helpful Um, and then also just knowing kind of what you're getting into before you open the book so do your homework read some reviews I do prefer to read especially really popular level Christian nonfiction so that I can serve the women at my church well who are potentially reading those same books and I can kind of walk them through like hey this is where this can be helpful and this is where it really takes you know a turn away from what scripture says is true but we also have to make sure that we're reading that with a lot of discernment and there have been books that I've started for that same reason of like, hey, I know I'm not going to agree with this, um, but I do need to know what it says so that I can serve people well. There have been mm-hmm. books I couldn't stomach um, yeah. and I had to put down. And I think that's OK as well. So really, it's a lot of like leaning into the Holy Spirit and 
identifying, oh, there's a check in my spirit about this. And so I should probably figure out why that is, you know, what's going on. If, if God is really saying like, hey, this is beginning to infiltrate your thought processes rather than it being a helpful uh, tool for you to just know what's going on out in the conversation world, uh, then that that's where it gets dangerous. And, and the likelihood is we need to put that down. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And I, th- I would agree with you. And I think um, there have been books that I've read in the past, similar to you, like where a lot of people are reading this, I need to know what it says. Yeah. Um, and I've actually been a part of like a I would say a small group situation it was kind of more like a book club because we were talking about books not necessarily but we were comparing them to the bible and so we would read um, a book and we all knew like we're probably not going to agree with this but we want to read it because it's just Mm -hmm. in the ether like everybody's talking about it so let's read this and then in as a group together we will read a chapter and then say okay what questions did y'all have from this chapter how can we answer those with the bible and that was super helpful because it it almost was like a and this was has been years ago but it was almost like a training on how to read books that you disagree with and so it's like okay let's look at this okay i really liked this right here and i think this concept is biblical but this next paragraph is completely not biblical because I found these verses in the Bible that, you know, oppose this or whatever, you know, when we're reading the story of Genesis, this is not what it says um, and that kind of thing. And so I think that was super helpful in training that. And I think you just do have to be discerning as you read. Um, And even with fiction, I also read pretty widely in fiction. And so, but there have been books where I've just like for like you said, I just couldn't stomach it for whatever yeah. reason because I was like, this this book would be rated a rating that I'm not comfortable with. And like, I feel for me personally, and I know everybody's kind of different on this, but for me personally, like reading is more of an immersive ex- experience for me than even watching it on TV or in the movies. And so I can, I cannot stomach much, as much reading as I can like other places. And so just yeah. knowing your own boundary and I've quit books because I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> like, that's going yes. a place that I did not expect it to. And I cannot, I can't mm-hmm. listen to this or read this. And so um, definitely I think just be discerning and like, y'all have both said like be willing to quit a book if you're just like you know this nothing here is helpful like it's not edifying it's not um showing me a different world like you know because i think fiction can also be helpful um in many different ways so yeah so yeah i think for sure and there are are some fiction books that i do think it takes you 50 or 60 pages to get into and as far as like getting characters so sometimes you don't want to give up on a fiction book if, if it's drawing you in yeah to kind of hang with it to have the character development which um but yeah but there are times i'm just like and and there's a really really popular one i'm not even going to name it because we'll get hate mail but <laughs> some people i mean christian women love this one book and mm-hmm. i just it's i've read it and it's not my favorite and yeah. it, it it's kind of the same thing i'm like i just it took my mind to places I really didn't really yeah. want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that one book. So if you have trouble getting into a fiction book, um, I had a friend in high school. So I read A Tale of Two Cities in mm-hmm. high school. And I had a friend that read it before me. And he was like, listen, the first 200 <laughs> pages are terrible. But the last 50 pages make it all worth it. Oh, my goodness. And he was right. So that is one yeah. where, like, yeah. if someone is telling you, no, don't stick with stick it, stick with, with it. it, then maybe stick with it. But, yeah, otherwise, I'm like 50-ish pages. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
we're still not into this. <laughs> Let's just drop it. Yeah, those are the ones you have to listen to on two times speed. Yes. <laughs> in an audiobook format. I would say probably most of Charles Dickens is like that because he <laughs> oh, was paid by the word. So That's true. That is true. Yeah. So he probably is not going to be your answer to the last question of yeah. what book or author has marked you in your walk with Christ. So Elizabeth, I mean, Charles Dickens probably isn't on your list. Um, I mean, maybe. Tale of Two Cities is a beautiful, okay, right? Like, it, it gives a beautiful picture of Christ, um, but you do have to slog through the first 200 pages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, which one would you say? Which is there one? Um, well, I have several. Um if we're going with like a Christian book, we'll start there. Okay. So I would say I have loved and long said Steadfast Love by Lauren Chandler. Oh, yeah. It is one of my top five. Not, I just made up a number. It's one of my top Christian books for sure. And it, it is not exactly what you might think it is, yeah. which I was surprised at that when I read it. I was yeah. like, oh, I really like this. Yes. yes, I loved that one. So that's probably in like my top Christian book. And then I've mentioned before East of Eden uh-huh. is one that I still think about to this day, um, which is a, a mm-hmm. fiction book, not a Christian book, a fiction, a fiction book. And um, I would say In Memoriam A.H.H. because mm-hmm. I read that exactly the right time. And it's one that I still go back to. And he wrestles with a lot of religious stuff, uh, religious themes in the book. Um, but it's one that I go back to. And every time I look at it, it moves me in a different way because poetry i love poetry Mm -hmm. which i know is not like the most popular current genre which i will say if you're going to read poetry you need to get the physical book and read it out loud yourself (laughs) so the audio i don't know how i would do with an audio book of poetry but anyway um in memoriam hh and east of eden and steadfast love are probably my top that have just changed the way i think about things or Hmm. um I just love, like, help me fall deeper in love with Jesus, which is, and I also would probably put Delight in the Trinity up there as well. So, yeah. What about you, Mary? Yeah, um, I am a big fan of Michael Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity is definitely one that has marked me the most i think i think what it's helpful to hear as listeners as well is like it is an incredibly accessible book it is tiny but it will revolutionize the way you look at god and and who he is and and so delighting in the trinity and also his rejoice and tremble Uh, i read that recently and there are just so many I think so often we misunderstand the fear of the Lord and he did a great job of talking about the like spirit of adoption of as as sons and daughters and and so I would definitely recommend Rejoice and Tremble as one of those that really marked me uh, I plan to listen to it again sometime this month um and then the earliest really book that marked me was at The Scarlet Letter which we've already kind of mm. mentioned but there were just so many redemptive themes and it yes. really opened my eyes to say, oh, there there is literature that can point us to Christ that isn't directly about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I it is I mean, I feel like a mega nerd every time I say it, but it is probably my favorite book. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, Elizabeth, I would just pick it every time I needed to write <laughs> a, uh, a literature um 
essay in college. It was just the one that just I was like, can I write on this again? And my professor would just be like, well, if you want to. <laughs> yes, I, <would laughs> I think like it to. was actually chosen for me. So that's interesting. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I would recommend is one I finished not too long ago as well. And that's Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. It's by Kenneth Bailey. That's on my It revolutionized the way I read quite a few different passages of scripture. Uh, I think often we we view scripture with Western eyes because that's mm-hmm. that's our context. And so we we miss a lot that the original readers would have caught. And so Kenneth Bailey does a great job of kind of pulling those out and saying, hey, this is what this is how people would have understood this. Um, and so I highly recommend that one as well. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Kelly? Well, I was. <laughs> You know, your mind kind of goes all these different places when you think about books that have influenced you. But um, one of the authors that I have really, really loved over the years, his name is Mark Buchanan. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all have read any I've of his heard things, of him. Uh, but I, I really love the way he writes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first book I read of his was "Your God Is Too Safe," and then um, "The Holy Wild." But his book, "The Rest of God," which is on Sabbath rest, um, just beautifully written he is i just think that he the way he uses the pen is very mm. beautiful and so i i'm always appreciative of someone who just knows how to use use words yeah, yeah that's that's it for me too is like do you know how to write a beautiful mm-hmm. sentence because not every yeah. i mean our god is beautiful and mm-hmm. he's a creator and he made the beautiful world and he used word a lot it's a theme in the bible um and jesus is called word so i feel like we need to have pretty high standards for word especially when it is about him and just like it can be beautiful too Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of our books these days are not beautifully written even if they Mm do point to beautiful truths and so i love when i can find one that is both beautifully written and pointing to beautiful truths and i think the ones we named all do that um As far as I know, I haven't read all of them <laughs> we just named, but I will be adding them to my to-read pile for sure. Um, but yeah, so that is three yeah. book lovers talking about I know. books. So. And we've probably gone long. but We've we, gone a little bit long, but okay. I feel like we could go for like another hour and a half. Probably. I feel like we could too. So, so Mary, good books. Oh, Mary, thank you so much for just hanging out with us this morning and being with us and so we just enjoy all the books that come out of B&H and we're mm-hmm. so appreciative of the work that you do well thank y'all for having me it was a blast anytime you want to talk about books over lunch over podcasts you just let me know there we go sure. alright well listeners thanks for hanging with us and we hope that you'll join us again next week bye Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. 
For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.